Thanks for, thanks for being out. We are glad that we can be together to worship God today. Well, it's going to come to no surprise to you that uh, when I say that we live in troubled times, there are wars in the world that we hear about and threat of nuclear war even that could break out at any time. Lots of challenges on the world scene. And if that doesn't get you alarmed, maybe the state of the U.S. economy does. We hear all the time that we're about to enter a recession or we're in a recession, that the bottom's going to fall out of the stock market. If you checked your investments, they all probably look red right now. They're going down markets, and they're saying it could get worse. Things are bad in the financial markets these days. And you put all that together, maybe you've got concerns about health or the health of a loved one. Maybe you know someone, or maybe you've gotten a, a bad medical diagnosis that maybe even uh, doesn't look good for your future. There are lots of concerns about our health. And we could go on and on and list things that have us concerned, perhaps. We live in troubled times. And the troubled times that we live in, I think, should give us concern for our spiritual health as well. Because when we're faced with difficult times physically, Satan has excellent opportunities to challenge our faith. We think back to the story of Job to find out that trouble and turmoil are prized opportunities for him to challenge faith. When he had tried over and over again to get to Job, what does he ask God? He asked God to make it difficult for Job in this life physically, because Satan knew and Satan knows that when things are challenging physically, he has an opportunity to challenge our faith. And we need to understand this challenge. Why is that so? Because when times are difficult and times are challenging, we begin to doubt God. Isn't it so that when we go through difficult times, sometimes we question God? that our faith and trust in God begins to waver. And when it does, Satan has an opportunity to get us where he wants us. And so I believe that when we are in the middle of difficult times and troublesome times, that we need to remind ourselves about the promises of God, the promises that God has made for us in this life. And this morning I want to Look at those, those promises that God has made to remind us of things that we already know, but things that we need to be reminded of in these difficult and challenging times because, remember, if Satan can use these times, he will, to get us to begin to doubt God so that he can wreck our faith and destroy us spiritually. We need to be reminded about the promises of God. We need to be confident that God will take care of us spiritually. This is a promise that we must have faith in. And we need to have faith in this. God's going to take care of us, not only spiritually, but also physically. God has promised us over and over again that He will take care of us physically. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning of verse 31. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. For after all the no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought 
for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We have a promise in this verse. A promise that God will take care of what we need physically. Now there are conditions on this promise. We have to put God first and seek His righteousness. But He's promised us that He'll take care of us physically. And we've got to have faith if we're going to do that. We're going to have to have faith that God will take care of us. Notice the promise that is made in the book of Hebrews in chapter 13, verses 5 and 6. Hebrews chapter 13, beginning of verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do to me. Notice the absolute terms that are used here with respects to God's promise. He will never leave us. He will never leave us. It doesn't say that He's going to be with us when times are good. Trust God that when times are good, He's going to be with you. No, God is going to be with us in good times or in bad. He will never leave us. It doesn't say that He'll be with you when you're healthy, when things on the job are going good. When your family relationships are good, He'll be with you. No, He will never leave you. Content with what we have. We can live without covetousness. We can live in a state that is happy with where we are because we know that God is with us and that He'll care for us. And God has been true to this promise, hasn't He? He's blessed us. He's blessed us abundantly. God has fulfilled the promise to us. But there's a danger. When God has been true to His promise, the, prom the danger is that we can begin to trust the, the blessings instead of the one who's blessed us. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Don't get proud. Don't get lifted up. Well, we got so many nice things. No, we trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful because when we are blessed abundantly physically, our trust can be shifted from God and the promises that He's made to always take care of us to the blessings. And so when they talk about turmoil in the financial markets, when they talk about the real estate market crashing, when I look at my balance statements and the numbers are going down instead of up, I begin to get concerned, don't I? Because now I'm trusting in the riches and not trusting in God. God has promised to take care of us physically, and we've got to make sure that we have faith in that promise. But not only has He promised to take care of us physically, He's also promised to help spiritually as well. This is a promise that we have to have faith in. Just like we want to have faith in the fact that God's told us, told us He'll take care of us physically, we need to have faith in the fact that God will take care of us spiritually as well. Notice what Psalm 46, refuge and strength. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. The principle that is stated here is that God is going to help us when we're in trouble. This, this is, a, uh, is also seen here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. 
But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. God is going to take care of us spiritually. And one way that He does so is by giving us a way of escape when we're tempted. He will not allow us to be tempted above which we are able. He's not going to allow Satan to present a temptation to you that you can't withstand. He's not going to allow you to be put in a situation where your only option is to sin. He's not going to be, allow you to be put in a, a situation where you are able to say, well, I just couldn't help it. He will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to withstand. Too often, this is a promise that we fail to have faith in. We struggle with sin. We struggle maybe overcoming a particular sin in our life. Maybe it is the way that we use our tongue and some of the words that we use. Maybe the words that we use when we get angry. Maybe it's our temper where we lose our temper and we do things that we shouldn't do. And we know that are wrong, but we just fly off the handle. We do things we shouldn't do. Maybe it's in areas of morality. Whatever the sin may be. That He has promised us that He will not allow us to be tempted above what we're able to bear. And that there will be a way of escape so that we don't have to sin. We doubt that though, don't we? Well, I just can't ever overcome that. I'm not going to be able to beat that sin. That's just how I am. I'm not going to be able to overcome. No, God has promised that He'll take care of us spiritually. And He'll provide us with that way of escape. And we've got to have confidence and trust in God's promise. Well, how can I? How can I overcome? Well, through the avenue of prayer. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12 says, The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and His ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. God says He'll hear our prayers if we're living like we should. And this is especially helpful when I couple it with passages like Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Philippians chapter 4, beginning verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I can go to God in prayer about that sin that's troubling me. I can go to God and have confidence that He will hear me and that He will help me. And when I combine the fact that God hears prayers with the fact that I can go to Him with my concerns, then I can have this peace that God says passes all understandings that will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. God has promised us that not only will He help us physically, that it will also help us spiritually. And finally, God has promised us that He will reward us eternally. And this is a promise that we have to keep in our minds and have faith in to help us as we face these difficult times and these difficult challenges, that God has promised that He'll take care of us and He'll provide for us and He'll reward us eternally. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Christians were facing very difficult times in their lives. Times, no doubt, that would make this day that we live in look very easy. The challenges they faced were severe, and the promise of a reward in eternity was presented to them to help them remain faithful. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, 
Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I'll give thee a crown of life. The Christians were told, be faithful. God has promised you a blessing in eternity. Be faithful. And we need to have faith in that promise as well. The promise remains for us. But we've got to have faith in that promise. In John chapter 14, beginning of verse 2. In John 14, verse 2, Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus says, there's a reward coming for you in eternity. God has promised it. Jesus has promised it. And we must have faith in it. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, in the passage that Joseph read for us, tells us that if we don't have faith in this promise, we're not going to be pleasing to God. For without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Not only do I have to believe there's a God, I need to have faith in God's promise to reward me for living like I should. God will reward us if we're living faithful or pleasing to Him. We must have faith in that promise. God has promised us that He will take care of us physically, that He'll take care of us spiritually, and that He'll reward us eternally. But before we conclude the lesson, some can have confidence in God's promises. Making promises is one thing. We've got to have confidence that God will fulfill His promises, number one, because He's able to keep His promises. This is an important principle for us to understand. If we're going to have faith in any promise, we've got to have confidence that the one who is made the promise is able to make good on that promise. If I told you this morning that I got a million dollars in my pocket, and if you'll come talk to me after services, I'll give you that million dollars. You'd have plenty of reason to doubt that, wouldn't you? Yeah, him have a million dollars in his pocket? Yeah, right. And you'd be right if you thought that. But when God makes a promise, we need to have absolute faith and confidence in it because God is able to keep his promises. This is plainly stated for us in Luke chapter 1, verse 37. For with, nothing, with God, nothing shall be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. So if God makes a promise to me, I can have confidence that He's able to fulfill that promise. In Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Jeremiah 32, verse 17. Ah, Lord, behold, Thou that hast made the heaven and the earth by Thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. God's made us some pretty phenomenal and incredible promises. But you know what? Nothing is too hard for God. And so I can have complete and absolute trust in God. But this is what has been said about God. But you notice God says the same thing about Himself in Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, after God makes a promise to Abraham and Sarah that they're going to have a son. In Genesis 18, verse 14, notice what God says to Abraham. Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Notice what God says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? God says, Is anything too hard for me? Are you doubting what I'm talking about here when I said I could give you a son? Nothing's too hard for me. And do we doubt God when He makes promises to us? 
We shouldn't because nothing's too hard for God. In Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter talks about Abraham. He stand, beginning verse 20. Romans 4, beginning verse 20, talks about Abraham. And he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. God is able to perform what he said he would perform. And Paul had great confidence and trust in God because he knew that God was able to perform the promises he had made to him. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. God can keep his promises. Paul was committed of that and convinced of that. And Paul was able to remain faithful because of that faith and trust in God that he was able to keep his promises. But furthermore... We can have confidence and trust in God because God cannot lie. Back to my example of having a million dollars in my pocket. If I happen to be able to have a million dollars in my pocket today, and if I promised you that if you come to me after services and you talk to me, I'll give you that million dollars. If you knew I had a million dollars in my pocket, you still might doubt my promise, right? Uh, I'm sure I'm going to go talk to him, but he didn't give me that million dollars. He's not telling the truth. God is able to keep His promises, but we can have confidence that God will keep His promises because God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2 says, In the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. God can keep His promises, and God will keep His promises because God cannot lie. Jesus can't lie. In John, Luke chapter 21 verse 33 Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. When God says it, you can take it to the bank. God doesn't lie. God is not like us. You know, sometimes we say things and change our mind. God doesn't change His mind. God doesn't lie. God has ultimate confidence. We can have ultimate confidence in God because He will keep His promises. Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. God is not a man that He should lie. Neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? God doesn't lie. God doesn't change his mind. We can have confidence in God's promises because he cannot lie. And finally, this morning, we can have confidence in God's promises because God has always kept his promises. You know, it's said that hindsight is 2020, and sometimes that's good. Many times it's bad. Many times as we think about hindsight being 2020, we kick ourselves for the things we would have done different. I would have done this different, right? I made a mistake I wouldn't do again if I, if I had known what I know now. Hindsight 2020, that's, sometimes that's bad. I'll tell you, sometimes it's good. We need to be looking to the past and see how God has always kept His promises to us in the past. And have confidence that he'll, have, he'll keep his promises in the future. In Joshua chapter 23, verse 14, we see that Joshua did this. Joshua 23, verse 14. Joshua says, And behold, this day I'm going the way of all the earth. And you know that in all your hearts and in all your souls, that not one thing that hath failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you, all are come to pass unto you 
and not one thing hath failed thereof. Joshua says, and not one of them has failed. We need to do the same. David did this. David in Psalm 37 verse 25 said, I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David says, you know what, I've lived a long time and God has been faithful. I've never known him not to be faithful to the promises that he's made. We need to stop and think about that in our lives as well. Has God ever not been faithful to us? Has, ever, has God ever let us down? Has God ever made a promise to us that we get to the other side of whatever situation we're dealing with? And think, you know what? God didn't hold up to his end of the deal. God has always been faithful to us. And we need to leverage that as we go forward into the future and have confidence in God's promises. God will always be with us. God has promised to take care of us physically. He's promised to help us spiritually. He's promised to reward us in eternity. And I can go forward from this point forward having full and complete confidence in this because God is able to keep His promises. God cannot lie. And God has always kept His promises in the past. God will keep His promises. Therefore, we need to have confidence in the promises that He has made unto us. Can we close with the 23rd Psalm this morning? With this in mind, let us think about the famous Psalm 23. About God keeping His promises. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let us trust in God. No matter what may come in our lives, God will be true. God will be faithful. And may we have the courage and the strength and the faith to be true to Him. How are you living in your life? Are you living a life that demonstrates this trust in God? This total trust in God that God has promised and He will fulfill His promises. And so we're going to live like He tells us to live because we know that we'll be rewarded in eternity. If there's any way that we can help you spiritually this morning, will you let us know while we stand and sing?